This is Economic Impact. Conversations from Emirates Development Bank. Salam alaikum. Welcome to Economic Impact Conversations with Emirates Development Bank. Today we have a very special guest. Um, I would like to welcome Mr. Saleh Luta, the chairman of the Food and Beverage Manufacturing Business Group, as well as the managing director of Al Islami Foods, as well as, mashallah, the president of the Harvard Business School Club and the GCC. Welcome, Mr. Saleh. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I would like to just start by jumping right into it and asking you a bit about your background and how did you get to the point of where you are today, uh, having um, all of these different responsibilities. I'm sure this has built up over time. We'd love to hear about that. First of all, thank you, Ahmed, for having me with you in your episode today. Let me tell you how do I how did I get into the food business first? Yes, because the food business is very interesting uh, story for me, uh, and I think it's part of. The reason why I am here today. I remember when I finished my school from U.S. and I came back, uh, I've met my uncle, Had Saeed, Allah yarhamah, Saeed bin Ahmed bin Luta. He's oh, yeah. the founder of Dubai Islamic Bank and he's the founder of the first construction company, S.S. Luta, and he's the founder of Al-Islami Food. Right. So I remember when I came back, met me, and he told me, Saleh, you finished? I told him, yes, I finished. He said, okay. I want you to go visit all the companies and come back to me. Where do you want to start? Mm-hmm. So I was between this decision. Should I go into governmental uh, sector or should I go into a private sector? I said, let me go and explore the opportunity. So I went to the bank, mm-hmm. Dubai Islamic Bank, looking into it. Do I find myself there? Go to the constructions, go to the trading until I went to Al Islami Foods. And then I thought of, okay. Going to the bank, I've met so many of the locals who were there. Right. Went to the constructions, again, so many locals were there. Right. Went to the food sector, which is Islamic food. No locals. It was no locals. Mm. So I said, great, this could be an opportunity for me where I can prove myself. Right. And uh, he's a leader with a visions, and he's always been doing business at the same times with values. Sometimes if you miss the balancing between doing the business and not really taking of the values, you will go into wrong things. So he's been always my role model in how you've been able to balance between values at the same time doing I, a successful business. Can I touch on that a bit? Because at EDB, we definitely have a very similar philosophy with regards to values as an organization. We believe it's very, very important in how we do our business on a day-to-day basis. What are some of those values um, that he had put forth through his organizations to ensure that they met certain standards? One of them being fair. Mm-hmm. Being fair with your employees, mm-hmm. being fair with your consumer, mm-hmm. being fair with the society you live in. Mm-hmm. These are principle for him. Mm. And having in your mind that whenever you start your day, you're doing it for the sake of the reward you get. Mm-hmm. Not only in this life, but in the day after. Right. In whatever you do, whatever you would expect for yourself, make sure that you give it to your brothers. Fantastic. And he, he raised the bar very high mm. with Dubai Islamic Bank, with the Islami food. In most of his businesses, these were the fundamentals. Nobody can compromise on them. And so many stories, if I take you through, we will never finish in terms of he wa- how he really embedded this philosophy in every employee. That's fantastic. 
Um, so at Islami Foods is where you decided to go. Yes. What was it that you found in Islami Foods that was interesting in the food business specifically? What did you find interesting and different or things that might have surprised you that, you know, someone going into the food business today might not realize good and bad? You're absolutely right. See, when it comes for food, you don't find you don't find it an attractive sector. Mm-hmm. People enjoy very nice offices. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go into the manufacturing side of the business. They don't want to go sweating right. in the roads, right. distributing their product. They don't want to go in the complexities mm-hmm. of uh, there's planning. No gla- there's no glamour. There is not that much glamour which you yes. see in very nice yes. high-rise buildings. Mm. But it is fun. Mm. I think in the food industry is not being served or presented properly for our young generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this is where I found it interesting because when you look into food, most of the people, what comes into their mind? Farms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or restaurants. agriculture or restaurant lately also. It was yes. Yes. But if you look for the food sector, you look at from the farm to the fork with farming, uh, backing, uh, logistics, storing, merchandising, retailing, campaigning, up to the consumer. Mm-hmm. How can we perfect every pillar of this value chain? Mm-hmm. This is what we are trying to promote. It has so many areas where our local can excel. Mm-hmm. And because I think bad or good covid have sent an alarming uh, a wake-up call for everybody globally. Right. Because if you remember when we had COVID and most of the countries start shutting their border and exporting, right. we are a country depend heavily. On the imports. In the import. Yes. I remember when the government came forward and looked into the issue seriously. Mm-hmm. I remember they called us and one of the tough Questions we all had, how much food do we have in the country? Mm, mm, mm. And how long this food could last? Mm. And how can we plan our next step? That must have been a very interesting uh, conversation and, uh, and plan that had to be put together. Absolutely. So how did, you, how did you go about that? There was a coordination uh, amongst the other industry, major industry players. Um, was it done independently and directly with the government channels? How did that happen? How did Let that go through? Let me tell you, yeah. we are really blessed by our rulers. Mm-hmm. And if you see, Alhamdulillah, we've been proactive compared to all the other uh, countries uh, surrounding us in terms of technology, in terms of vision, in terms of really raising the bar continuously. This mm-hmm. is a gift from Allah. And I don't see well, the oil is our gift from Allah. I see our leadership mm-hmm. and being uh, in the front, showing us what to do. Uh, I always say <clears throat> within our private sector, usually people see the, yani the public sector goes lower than the private sector. Right. Globally. Right. You always see the private sector excelling. Right. Here, well, especially in Dubai and the UAE, we see the public sector and government sectors uh, mm-hmm. with the leadership of Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed and the leadership of Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. We see that the public sector going faster. Yes, yes. Yani, the way he put Leading the, the targets, yeah. it's totally different. And they say, if the change inside you is slower than the change happening outside you, you will be vanished. 
Right. And this is what we see as a private sector. When we see public sector and government and uh, uh, authorities going very fast in terms of delivering their objective, you as a private sector, you have to wake up. Right. You have to excel. And this is what, alhamdulillah, led, I think, us to be where we are right now. Was there any objectives at the time? Was there objectives to uh, meet certain targets with regards to production? Um, was there certain targets with regards to expansion of capacities? Yes. Uh, anything I'll tell you what happened, yeah. Ahmed, at that time. I mm-hmm. remember I got a call mm-hmm. from the executive office. Mm-hmm. Saleh, we have a meeting when, when, when they lock. Right. Uh, the lockdown. The lockdown. And I always remember this day. Huh? I remember it was uh, March 13th, I think, when they announced that the lockdown is happening. So no Dubai airport. Mm. No Sheikh Zayed Road, no Dubai Mall anymore. It right. was a big hit for all of us. I got a call. There is a, a meeting, and we want you to come there. And when I went there, all authorities from municipalities, customs, right. uh, I remember everybody were there. And that was the questions. How much food do we have? And one area I think uh, we weren't ready mm-hmm. uh, at that time were data. Right. Informations. Right. Because retailer were there. Right. Wholesaler were there. Right. Manufacturer were there. Authority were there. Right. But there is no synergies in terms of data. That's so Everybody was having his own data. Right. So I think from that day, we saw the government and the authorities being pushing that. How can we really relate and collect these data to make the right decisions? And is this now been become Much a common, common practice, I'm Absolutely, assuming? Yes, so yes. that's fantastic. So it's essentially something which was a silver lining that due to that experience became very clear that having some form of centralized data would allow for better management Absolutely. of food supply in the country. For all the stakeholders, mm-hmm. for manufacturer mm-hmm. to do the proper forecasting, for right. retailer to order the right reordering, for end user, mm-hmm. for municipality, for government to make the right decisions. Data is essential, especially in this uh, era we are in right now. Going back to that time, obviously it became a high priority and it's something that's on um, our agenda and our radar as Emirates Development Bank. Food security is one of our primary sectors. Uh, And definitely that was one of the, uh, I would say, silver linings of going through the COVID experience was understanding the requirement and need for us to have the self-resilience and reliance in the country on the ability to do so. How have you found since COVID um, the industry has developed? How have you found uh, new players coming into the industry? Have you found more manufacturers? Um, we see a lot happening, obviously, from our side as a, as a um, development bank that uh, finances a lot of these projects. But I'm curious from an insider of, of the industry, how have you seen the development of that? As I told you, uh, COVID was a big wake-up call for mm. everybody, private and government. And from that day, food security being in every agenda of an important meeting mm-hmm. globally, mm-hmm. because people understand that this is a big challenge which we have to be prepared with and we've seen different strategies i remember some of the countries went and acquire land abroad Mm -hmm. some of the countries start investing in food companies and grow them some of the some of the countries uh, have done major investment in the logistic for their own manufacturing so i think alhamdulillah we've been lucky as i told you that 
we've been proactive all the times mm-hmm. from the uh, from the initiative the government are taking. So from that day, we've seen a big shift in the sector. Yes, government being really more proactive, listening to what the private sector is looking for. Because Ahmed, food security challenge cannot be solved by government alone, mm-hmm. and this is a this is my belief. It has to be hands in hand with the private sector. Mm-hmm. They have to work together in assessing the situations and coming with a joint plan in how we will be overcoming this challenge. So from that day, as I said, uh, more investment has happened in the sector. I see a very uh, proactiveness from government. Of whatever we say, they listen and they really help the sector going forward. And one of the area which we as a group and me as Saleh taking it seriously is really developing national talented individual who could lead the sector. Mm-hmm. We're still far right. from where we want to be. Because as Sheikh Zayed Allah Rafi said, mm. machines cannot do the job. Absolutely. Building cannot do the job. Yes. It's the human capital. It's the human capital, the yes. talented individual who we have really to invest in mm-hmm. to give them the knowledge, mm-hmm. the practice, and the engagement of understanding the business sector overall. And this is where we come up with different initiatives with, um, mm-hmm. with the authorities. Yani we have an initiative called Ishraq mm-hmm. with the Human Resource uh, Department of Dubai government. We're working with NAFIS, mainly to develop the right curriculum and the right experience for these national to really lead the road going and, forward. And does this curriculum um, put the individual on a path to understand how to set up and establish a manufacturing business in the food industry or, or the food industry in general? As I said, Ahmed, if you look into the food sector overall and the value chain from farm to fork, you see different right. uh, verticals. Right. As I said, from farming in terms of uh, packaging, in terms of storing, in terms of logistics, retailing, Mm-hmm. marketing and advertising merchandising mm-hmm. 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 for all th- of these vertical it's a science in its own right. it's not like before one size fits all no right. no 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 for this is what we are trying to do mm-hmm. we have so many courses and so many uh, curriculum being presented but to tell you the truth most of the outcome is not meeting what the private sector wants mm-hmm. where where do you see the gaps what are the things that you would like to see more of or let's say more um, it sounds like more uh, uh, sophistication around the curriculum or around the work that's being done there. Because we are in a very dynamic sector. Mm. The way you farmed 10 years ago, it's not like not the, the same. same. Logistics, it's not the same. Marketing, distribution, you name it. Even ordering with all these platforms you have yes. from X, very Y, true. Z. Yeah. It's not like the way you used to do it 10 years ago. The way we eat, Ahmed. Mm have shifted totally. So having this dynamic sector, Mm. trying to meet and exceed their expectations, Mm -hmm. the academic, they're not being able to deliver it. This is why we're saying that the academic sector need to be led by private sector. Right. People. Right. To make sure that when they construct a curriculum, it meet the demand of the private sector in the future. Very interesting. 
that takes me to a good segue on entrepreneurship. So, you know, essentially we're talking about the entrepreneurs of the future. Um, and you yourself obviously are an entrepreneur, a business owner, someone who's uh, um, established several businesses as well as worked on in, in established businesses. Um, how do you see the entrepreneurship ecosystem post-COVID? I've personally seen, obviously, a big drive towards entrepreneurship. Um, I've seen that the generations of today are very different to the generations of the past where they're much more willing to go into, um, let's say, or let's say they're much more excited about not, not necessarily going to an office for a job, but rather to create something of their own. How do you see it from your perspective? How do you, have you seen the evolution of that post-COVID? I, as I see it, I see a big shift from uh, from where we used to be and where we are right now. And this is an area which we are in the HBS club of the GC really focusing. And right. I think we are just in the initial stage. Mm-hmm. And the reason of having our permanent location called the house. Yes. Permanent to make sure that we create this think tank location for people to come explore ideas, challenge ideas work together on finding solutions for the challenges our entrepreneurial facing, giving them some of the wisdom and the experience of the old generations, mixing it with the technologies and the artificial intelligence and all the latest happening for them to be able to apply it in their businesses. Our government have realized that the future, in the future we will be needing to have people who are more, uh, risk taker mm-hmm. can go and open their own businesses and build it. At the same time, they give all the infrastructure required in terms right. of training, in terms of fund, in terms of support. I still see it is not having the full potential. I feel now we have bigger room to fill. Mm-hmm. And as I said, uh, the more we talk about it, the more we show people how to do it, the more we are standing with them step by step to succeed, mm-hmm. the more we will be having such people. In the old days, if you remember, I'm talking about 20, 30, 40 years, most of the local going to the governmental right. uh, sector. Absolutely. In the future, you cannot. Yes. For this is why it's very important for us to push, bring practical initiatives, and make sure that we have showcases to show our next generations as role model. Absolutely. What are the challenges that you see for entrepreneurs today? I know obviously that it's a world of difference from pre-COVID to post-COVID in the sense of the environment and the ecosystem has all been developing quite well. But what are what are still some of the challenges that are in the ecosystem for an entrepreneur um, that either we need to address um, as a community or something which potentially they themselves just have to be aware of and need to be able to tackle. Are there any major challenges out there? Education. Hmm. Education, absolutely. Nobody talk about it in the education. Yes, yes. yes. We talk about it only when we graduate. old-fashioned way of educating. This is what I'm telling you, that the whole world has changed and going very fast with technologies, Hmm. and our education system is still talking about the same old things. Still post-World War II mentality, right? Uh, Unless uh, we fix the core, of our education system, this challenge will happen. Mm. And the sad news that see how many years we lose yes. until he graduate. Yes, yes. 12 years of education and then another four potentially. We came up, uh, Ahmed, just to let you know, we came up with a project called Shine. 
in Harvard Business School of the GCC. The idea of Shine is to have work placement in the high school grade. Mm. So as soon as you finish secondary, first high school, you have to have one month mandatory for you to go to the next class working as a work placement. Fantastic. In the private sector. To get real world experience. Yeah. Otherwise, you will wait until high school finish three years and then another four years for him to finish graduation. You're talking about mm-hmm. seven years wasted. Mm-hmm. And he don't have any mm. link with the private sector. And that's great because you'll find that the students themselves will end up understanding you know, what the expectations are of a work environment. What are the things that are actually um, important to focus on in your studies? Uh, because you know, typically, you know, when you're when you're in school, you have all of these subjects, and don't get me wrong, it's all fantastic stuff to learn. But what is really, really important to be successful in a career in a business? These are things I, I think are, as you rightly said, not necessarily focused on during the education process, um, unless you go to very elite institutions like Harvard or so others where they 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 understand how to design curriculums around these, uh, after these, these issues. After, after how many years? years? Absolutely, absolutely. This is what we are saying, and Allah this is one of the areas which he was focusing at in the early ages. Because hmm. as soon as this kid get into the business and private sector, he start thinking. You don't want him to become Bill Gates from day one. Yeah. You want him to sit in a business environment and understanding what is a plus, what is minus, yes. what is values, what behavior, what does it mean saying a word in business, how to be conduct yourself in a meeting. All these small things adds up. Absolutely. So when he is graduated, he's ready to go and excel. Absolutely. Very, very fascinating and very insightful. Uh, one last item which I wanted to touch on is that we have COP28 coming up uh, in a couple of months, a very important event for the UAE and the world as a whole. Um, and all eyes will be on the UAE, inshallah, um, at that time. Uh, for the food industry, what do you see for the food industry with regards to participation with COP, whether directly or indirectly? How can the food industry also contribute towards the sustainability goals of the UAE and COP28? We are having our future food forum mm-hmm. okay. in Dubai here, and we do it yearly. And this year we're doing it bigger, more delegations coming. And one of the main points we will be discussing is the sustainability and the role of the food sector and food companies toward the event we are having this year. As uh, you said, uh, food sector, because of its importance and because of its size, يعني, you don't go to the bank every day, but you eat every day. Right. So it's something which you do on a daily basis. So this is why food sector comes as the first or second important uh, sector in our country. For us to overcome all the challenges which will be discussed in COP28, food sector will have a major role to contribute mm-hmm. as individual and as corporate. And this goes into uh, every element from all the stakeholders, manufacturer, farming, consumer, mm. uh, distributions, because everybody have a role. Mm-hmm. When you talk about waste, yes, where do we start? Mm. When we talk about uh, uh, CO2, right. who's responsible? Mm-hmm. For all these elements, food sector has to play a major role. 
and we are working closely with uh, Her Excellency uh, Maryam right. in finding initiatives, finding projects long term mm-hmm. for all the companies to participate in. That's great. And we are coming with an award mm-hmm. which will be launched in this future food mm-hmm. related to put the showcase of the good companies who is really working toward overcoming these challenges we're talking about in the COP28. Great. I look forward to it. And I look forward to seeing the development of the food industry. Mr. Salah Hutad, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate having you here with your insights and the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Ahmed. Thank you. Economic Impact. Conversations from Emirates Development Bank.